And tonight, we've got three amazing people. And the first one tonight is actually Shekinah Stott. Now, Shekinah, uh, who is actually married to Josh, that's right, together they're our campus pastors here at Kiwana Waters. Shekinah, I've known Shekinah for, must be at least like five or six years because she was an intern when I knew her. She did an internship here uh, and graduated in uh, 2013. So five years ago, she graduated after two years. And it's crazy because I remember her as an intern, like cheeky little thing. She was like, <laughs> like, who's that talking out there? Oh, that's Shekinah. No, no. <laughs> but, but she was. But she's like very, like she's from, originally from South Africa. She's also lived in New Zealand. But she's got this real strength on the inside of her. There is a boldness and a courage. And I've just seen that grow over time. This gift of faith on the inside of her. When she prays, you can just feel the peace of God, the comfort of God, and the power of God. So she, it's just on the inside of her, and it continues to grow, a boldness, a confidence. So I want you to stand to your feet tonight, and let's welcome up Shekinah Stock. Yep, awesome, there I am. I have a booming voice, so if I'm too loud, I apologize. So how are we going tonight? Good? Oh, that's good. Man, I just want to take a moment to honor our amazing senior pastors. They're actually not here tonight. They're actually away on holidays, a well-deserved break. But you know, church, we have the most amazing senior pastors who love us, who care about us, who believe in us, who want the best for us in every area of our life. You know, I am super blessed to serve under great people like Pastor John and Pastor Dan. So I just wanted to honor them tonight, show them that we love them. We are so blessed to have them as our pastors. They're the best of the best. I am super blessed. Well, like Teresa said, we're busy doing in our month of series, the mat, the heart, the sorry, the matter of the heart. And I've been loving this series. I've been loving it. I've been. It's making me stop and reflect what's actually written on my heart. And you know, it's made me stop and actually just examine a bit closer. What do I actually have on my heart? And I remember when I was in primary school, I was in grade four, grade five, I got to move up to the big kids' playground. Yep, the big kids' playground, yay me. I was super excited because this playground was bigger, it was better, it was cooler, and it had so much stuff to do. But I, I was in the school for a whole year, and I remember every lunchtime I would go up to the field, I'd find a nice shady area under a tree, and I would sit there by myself and eat my lunch. I did this for a whole year by myself, and I would watch the other kids sit in their groups. I would watch them chat with each other. I would watch them get to play games with each other, and I would watch them just form great friendships. And I remember sitting to myself thinking, what is wrong with me? What's the matter with me? Why doesn't anyone like me, or why doesn't anyone want to be my friend? And as the years went on, Yep. As the years went on, slowly things started to happen and slowly things started to make their way into my heart. Stuff like, I'm not good enough. Why aren't I like the rest of them? Why, I'm not, why aren't I normal? I'm worthless and no one likes me. These labels wrote themselves on my heart. It started to affect the way I saw myself. It started to affect the way I thought other people saw me. It affected my identity in who I was. 
And to be actually honest, I thought this was normal. I honestly thought this is who I was. There was something wrong with me. And the rest of my life was going to be like this. It wasn't until I was 17 years old, my sister begged me to come back to youth with her. She begged me. And luckily, I denied off from work. So I said, yes, I'll come along. And I started to come along to church and youth again. I started to hear the word of God. I started to hear the truth. And slowly, God began to open my eyes. And I started to realize that this isn't normal, that this isn't normal to see myself like this or to think of myself like this. And slowly, God started to take me on a journey with him to rewrite what was on my heart. But I had to be open to go on this journey. I had to open my heart and allow him to show what was written on my heart and allow him to direct where I had to go. The first thing that I had to do on this journey was I had to find out what God says about me. I had to read the word of God. I had to ask him what he thought about me. I had to find out what God thought about me. You know, I remember one day I was having a really bad day and I remember running into the house, going into my room, lying on the bed and just crying out to God, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't anyone like me? Who am I? And I remember I got this scripture, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, and it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as the prophet to the nations. And you know, when I got that scripture in that moment, this revelation hit me that the creator of the whole universe knew me, that he formed me, that I was a child of God. God answered my cry there and then. So church, I'm asking you, what voices are you listening to? What voices are you allowing to write themselves on your heart? The second thing I had to do on this journey was I had to meditate on who God says I am. In Proverbs 4, verse 21, it says, Do not let them escape from your sight, but keep them in the center of your heart. I had to meditate. I had to speak the word of God until it was engraved into my heart, until I knew it, until I believed it. You know, one scripture that I used to meditate on was Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. I would speak the scripture out until I knew it. I would speak the scripture day in and day out. I would paste in my room speaking, declaring the scripture. I am wonderfully made. I am fearfully made. For great are your works, O Lord. I used to speak the scripture out. And slowly I began to see that I am wonderfully made, that I am fearfully made, that there is nothing wrong with me, that I am not worthless, that I am a child of God. And slowly God began to remove those lies that were on my heart and began to rewrite it with the truth of who He says I was. Yep, how amazing is God, eh? He's so good. Well, I believe there's there's some of us here tonight, you know, just like me who had those lies written on my heart. There is lies written on your heart that affects the way you see yourself, that affects your identity in Christ. And, you know, I believe God wants to come and take you on a journey, that He wants to come and bring healing and show you who you really are. So church, as we pray, let's just pray and open our hearts to God right now.
Yes, Lord God, I thank you that you are a loving God. I thank you, God, that you want to heal every lie that's written in our heart. Lord God, that you want to come replace it with the truth, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, for your healing power right now, Lord God, that you will come and reveal who we are in your sight, Lord God, that you will come and reveal our identity right now, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hand it back to you, Teresa. Amen. Wow. Yep. Powerful. That was powerful. Isn't that? Oh, that was a bit of a sad story there at the beginning, though, sitting by yourself a whole year. But then getting the revelation from the Word of God, speaking over yourself, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And like I said, like, see that boldness like that, right there. Thick. Let's give it up for Shekinah. That was so good. Awesome. So helpful. We can speak the Word of God over ourselves. Well, our next speaker is Gemma Pierce. I know. If you don't know, <laughs> ooh, and her own fan club as well. If, if you don't know Gemma, um, well, her surname Pierce, like our senior ministers, uh, Pastor John and Danielle Pierce, and yes, that is their daughter. But I just need to let you know that she's speaking from her own merit here tonight. Like she's a leader in her own right. Like I, I think about Gemma, like she is such a, I've, I've watched her over the years and she's so, so servant hearted. She's on like so many different teams. She's on the cafe team, the creche team, does youth. But it's not just she's on those teams. She serves with passion. And she serves because she believes in God. Like She's a real God believer. You can see it in her. And I just, we heard, I've heard so much about uh, Gemma speaking at youth. She's uh, preached a couple of times at youth and hear all these reports, oh my gosh, she's amazing. And so I, like, I was just, I can't wait to see her tonight. And she, she is amazing. But it's just not, not only that, she's an insightful young lady. She's passionate and, and just a true leader. So let's stand to our feet as we welcome Gemma Pierce. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Teresa, for those really nice, kind words. Um, firstly, oh yeah, you can take your seats. <laughs> um, I'd just like to take a moment to honour my pastor, Piata Childs. She's just such a, an amazing mentor for me and all the senior high girls. Um, she has the best heart for the youth. She's always encouraging me to be a better, to be better, a better person and a better leader. So can we all give her a round of applause to Piata? <laughs> awesome. I, like, have you ever thought that, like, I wish I could sing like Sally or have the fashion sense Meg has? What about, I wish I could preach as well as Pastor John? Like, who's thought these things? Come on, guys. Or prophesy like Pastor Teresa. Like, seriously, you, like, got it. <laughs> or be as smart as Isaac Sampson or as stunning as Brittany. Like, all these things I bet you we've all thought about. It's good to admire other people and want to improve, but those thoughts can easily turn into the comparison game, which can lead to having insecurities, which, let's face it, we all have insecurities and no one's immune to it, so don't think you are. <laughs> but tonight I'm going to be talking about insecurities. So the, defini the definition of insecurity is lack of confidence or anxiety and uncertainty someone has in themselves or the situation they are in. The eight common causes of insecurity is imperfection, not being accepted, 
feeling unloved, not living up to standards, fear, failure, trauma, and comparison. But the main insecurity people struggle with is comparison. In Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But the original version says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, God only thinks good thoughts about us. We may have done the worst things, but he still loves us and only wants the best things for us. Feelings come from our heart and they start from our thoughts. If you track back when you're in a bad mood or feeling down, it usually starts with a thought. So say I saw someone with amazing hair. This is just an example. Like I see people with amazing hair all the time. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, well, if they've got amazing hair, it must be better than mine. And then if it's better than mine, my hair must look bad, so then I'll have a problem with my hair. And it just has a train of thought that goes on and on. If we think about something for a long time, it can start to engrave on our heart. So if you think about something that's bad all the time, it will start to engrave on your heart. And our confidence comes from what's written on our heart. And insecurity is lack of confidence. So if we don't want to be insecure and we want to be set free from that, it starts from like we need to rewrite what's written on our heart so you may have seen me playing keys before not sure if you have um so I've actually been playing keys for three years now and 18 months ago I joined youth band but (laughs) I started with only playing one note so if you don't know there's three notes in a chord and we play chords so like I was a mess playing one note at a time so after six months of going to the practices I was like not confident in myself at all and I was rostered on to play like on stage because our keys player was away. Um, <laughs> so like I was a nervous wreck and I was like, oh my gosh, like so many people could probably do it better than me. Like, I mean, I could only play one note. So, <laughs> so um, I was like, Lisa Moore, like if you've ever seen her play, she is amazing. And I was like, she is so much better than me. I'm going to fail. I'm going to stuff up and everyone will realize and nobody will encounter Jesus and then people will stop getting saved and we'll have no youth ministry. (laughs) But you know how that changed? Somebody encouraged me. They were like, Gemma, I believe in you. You can do this. So we need to speak over ourselves, but also we need to speak over other people. I had to capture my thoughts and stop thinking someone else could do it better than me. I had to replace those thoughts with God's who, with who God says I am. And he says, I am loved. I am chosen. I am made in his image. I am unique. I have my own gifts and talents. I, am, I have a hope and a future. I am alive for a purpose. I am his daughter. I am a child of God. But this, like, it's not a once-off thing. I do it constantly. I had to repeatedly think it over and over so I could rewrite what was written on my heart. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. But then if God thinks about us, then how many times does he think about us? So in Psalm 139, 17 to 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. Were I to to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And there are a lot of grains of sand. (laughs) So if God thinks about us a lot, like a lot, a lot, 
<laughs> and they are all good thoughts, then that's what we should be speaking over ourselves. A way to do that is by speaking scriptures and positive statements every day. Or ask God in your quiet time what he thinks about you. And I'm, like I'm sure he will tell you. Like he thinks good thoughts about you. So I'm just going to close in a prayer so if we could all close our eyes. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for everyone here tonight. I pray that you help us with our insecurities, that we could be set free from them. I pray that we stop comparing ourselves to others. I'm just going to declare this over you guys tonight. You are loved. You are chosen. You are unique. You have your own gifts and talents. You have a hope and a future. You are alive for a purpose. You are his son or daughter, and you are a child of God. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Thank you. Hello. Look out. My goodness. Wasn't that incredible? Comparison. You don't need to compare yourself to anyone. Like, preach as good as Pastor John. You just preach as good as Gemma Pierce. Like, come on, girl. That was so good. But I love that. It wasn't just the... Because I'm sure we've all done it at some time, compared ourselves to others, just like Gemma said. But then when you get about get that thought about, like, who God says I am, what, what he says, I am unique. So, so good. Declarations are amazing. Give it up for Gemma Pierce. Well done. Woo! All right, now we've got Isaac Samson. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isaac, like, as Gemma said, like, he is smart. He's very smart. He's a scientist, actually. I'm not kidding, he is. He's a scientist. He's super-duper smart. Super-duper. But the thing about it, you know how I used to think that scientists, they probably wouldn't believe in God because, you know, they, they'd, they'd try and work out all the little intricacies of how God works in God just doesn't work like that. He's just too big to comprehend. He's too amazing to comprehend. But the thing that I love about Isaac, he's a scientist, but you'll see when he comes up, up here, there's a deepness that he has with his relationship with God. It oozes out of him, his belief and his faith in Jesus. Like It, it is just so great. And he is a youth leader. He's, he does like both junior high and senior high, I think. He talks at that. And this is the amazing, like one of the amazing guys that we have speaking to our youth. So I just want you to stand to your feet one more time and let's give him a big hand. Isaac Sampson. Oh, I'm on. Thank you, guys. I'll just keep you standing for one moment. Um, I just wanted to take a moment, actually, to honor our executive team um, and our campus pastors as well, because we see so much that Pastor John and Dan do, and they do it so amazingly, but it's your diligence in serving under them that allows them to do that. And all the things that we see from next steps to how the church runs, so much of that is from the capacity that you guys have. And I just want to honor you guys for the amazing job you guys do. It's so awesome to see you work and just operate in your gifts that God's given you. So can we give that up for them, please? Thank you so much. You guys can take a seat. Um, so I'm just going to go straight into the Word of God, and then I'm going to open that up from there. If you guys have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 23. This has been one of my staple verses, I guess you'd say, that I go to so often um, and it just says this. We're going to mainly listen to verses 2 and 3, but I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
He lies me he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. As I was um kind of thinking about this topic of matters of the heart, we've seen some amazing messages this month. Um and some just before that was absolutely awesome, Gemma and Shekinah. Um and I was just beginning to think about this thing of like things being written on our heart. And I remember um kind of just this week pondering on all the things that God's kind of rewritten on my heart and as I began to think about them first of all I realized that all the things that were on my heart were there at my own fault so the way I used to live my life and I used to just kind of do my own thing and live my own way and sort of be like you know what I'm free I'm doing what I want and really that just led to a whole lot of stuff being written on my heart that God had no intention to be there and so then began this kind of journey of getting that off my heart and getting new things on there And as I began to think about like how does this happen? How does this actually happen? Because I can't remember necessarily one moment where my heart was just completely washed clean and changed. And then I realized that it was just like this verse that it was in the very presence of God that our hearts are changed. And the reason for that is because Jesus says it like this, right? He says, "I am the light of the world." What that actually means is that without Jesus being our light, we're held in darkness. And if you're dark, you can't see in front of you, right? And so the problem isn't necessarily that we can't solve what's on our heart it's that we can't even see what's wrong and so when you allow Jesus in he actually reveals to you the depths of your heart he shows you what's there the greatest thing about Jesus is that he's not mean he doesn't just shine a light on there and then go right now you deal with it i've shown you all the junk you've let in now you fix it it actually says this in John 15:5 that without me you can do nothing without me you can do nothing so what that actually means is that without him we don't know what's wrong and without him we can't fix what's wrong So when you allow Jesus in right his light will shine into your heart you'll see what's there but the great thing is he'll come in and he begins to transform it. I love that so often we can see the symptoms of our our problems. You might lash out when you're angry, you might be lustful, you might be bitter, you might be stingy and you know this about yourself but you don't know why you're like that. You can't see that. That was like that with me. But the thing that I love is Jesus comes and when he shines on us you actually see the root what's causing that the depths of that it might be rejection hopelessness fear of being rejected fear of lack all these things can begin to just be written on our heart i love that this scripture says this that in his presence right he lies us down in green pastures which allows us to rest and breathe he walks us beside quiet waters that aren't troubled nor disturbed and in that place in his presence when you're with jesus right he can restore your soul i love that I love that about him and the way he goes about it is so beautiful as well. When his presence is there and he's going into that time of healing with us, he might do it in so many different ways. Different ways might include conviction. He might come and convict us and lead us into repentance. Conviction is simply this, it's where we've done something that God's saying, "Hey, no, there's a better way." He's saying that actually hurt me and it's hurting you. And so he reveals it to us, right? And I love repentance. The thought about repentance is this that it's actually an amazing opportunity to be refreshed. It's not coming to God with your your tail between your legs going, "I've stuffed up. I'm so sorry." It's actually coming going, "God, I'm so sorry. I want you to wash me clean. I want you to forgive me and make me new." It is an amazing time of refreshment. The other thing that God so often does um with me and so many people as well in this time in his presence is he'll bring a rhema word out in front of you. And all that is is really just a revealed word of God. You might be reading your Bible, you're sitting in his presence and something just jumps off the page that speaks straight into your situation. It's in those moments that that's being written on your heart. And it's awesome. And one of the last things and this one actually was just when I was reflecting on it, one of the biggest ones with me is so often when his presence is there, he'll actually just lead you to cry. 
And sometimes it's a little embarrassing, but we need to recognize that that's actually a moment where you're actually healing and your heart's healing. So when this actually happened, it was an amazing time at um, one of our now called Powerhouse conferences back then. It was our launch. And I remember coming into this moment where I just got set free from something massive, just a, a big thing that had been gripping me all this time and it had gone. But then began this journey of now walking out that healing, walking out that uh, freedom that I'd experienced. And I remember I actually couldn't even hold a conversation with Pastor John because the presence of God was so strong on him. He'd honestly come and say hello and I'd go to speak and I'd just cry. And at first I was embarrassed and I'm like, what is going on? But all it was was that every time the presence of God come near me, it was beginning to heal my heart. And I would just cry and cry. And I'm glad that that stopped now in terms of like, I can actually talk to Pastor John. But I realized that that's an amazing time where God's just getting stuff off your heart. So often I'll actually come into my prayer closet. I'll go to pray and I can't even speak and I'll just cry. And it's just this amazing time where God's just washing your heart clean, washing your heart clean. And so what happens is the more time that we spend with Jesus, the more he's able to rewrite our heart. And he removes from us things like hurt, pain, lies. And the beautiful thing is he comes in and he affirms us. He gives us strength. He gives us love. He gives us comfort. His power comes into us. And the amazing thing about spending time with Jesus is that everything outside of him just becomes less and he becomes so much more. I love that in the place of prayer and reading your Bible and worshiping, when his presence is so tangible, that he changes us from the inside out. You see, in that place, our hearts are made new piece by piece and in his presence, we're perfected and we get loved and we get received. It's so amazing. So I just want to pray with you guys right now if you just close your eyes. Lord, we thank you that you're not just some far off God, but you're here, you're tangible, you're present. And we thank you that every time we draw near to us, you promise to draw near to us. As we draw near to you, sorry, you promise to draw near to us. And Lord, we thank you that when you come, you don't just come to shine light on our problems, but you come to restore us. Lord, that you come to redeem us. You come to wash our hearts clean and make us whole and right again. Lord, we just welcome you as we seek you this week. As your presence comes, I pray that you would begin to rewrite new things on our hearts. I thank you that as you come close, you take our hearts and you erase what's on there and you replace it with your word. You replace it with your love, your affirmation. And I pray this week that as we seek you, as we go after you, as we read about you in your word and as we hunger for you in prayer, that you would come and write new things on our hearts, that you would love us and affirm us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. That was so good. Don't, don't, I just love that bit, Isaac, where you say, you know, God, he, he shows us where it is, the light. He is the light. He shows us what it is, but he just doesn't just leave us there and sort it out ourselves. He helps us through it. It's a process. It's a process. So good. Give him a hand. Oh, my goodness. The three of you, so, so good.